Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth Podcast. This is your host, Mark Bowdis. Although the unemployment situation is nowhere near as bad as it was at the height of the coronavirus pandemic, when the unemployment rate rose to a record high of 14.7%, economic uncertainty is causing some change to U.S. businesses. In today's corporate world, business closures, downsizings, reorganizations are increasingly common. As of January, the unemployment rate is 3.4%, with 5.7 million Americans unemployed. The loss of a job can cause serious stress, personally and financially. So to help you get through a disruption in employment, we're going to spend this episode talking about what to do when you lose your job. We'll talk about severance options, employer benefits, eligibility for unemployment benefits, budget adjustments, health insurance options, employer-sponsored retirement accounts, stock plans, and other benefits, income tax considerations, and then retirement or future employment options. Everything we discussed today, it's included in a complimentary interactive checklist that if you've just lost your job is an outstanding resource. You can find that checklist in the resources section of this episode show notes. So feel free to follow along with the checklist as I talk through some of the issues. Now, you may be thinking that you still have a job and you can go listen to another podcast, but we're going to talk not just about what to do if you lose your job, but how you can best be prepared in the event that, you know, something happens in the future and you lose your job in the future and what you should do now or the steps that you should take now. So first, I want to talk about a good exercise to do, um, and this is whether you still have your job or if you just lost your job, and that's run scenarios or a scenario that shows the financial impact that would happen if you and or your spouse's income goes away, obviously represented by a job loss. So it usually includes three scenarios. First, you lose your job. Second, your spouse loses their job. Or third, both of you lose your jobs. And really what I'm saying scenarios, it's really just pretend that income goes away, that paycheck goes away, and what is the impact to your finances? So the first question you want to answer is how much reserves do you have in place and how long will those reserves last You know, if you're paying your monthly expenses out of those reserves before they run out? And obviously in the first scenario, if it's only one of you, one spouse's income still comes in, it's the other spouse's that goes away. So you know, a lot of times people are better prepared than they think they are. So, you know, just doing this scenario is a good exercise to do, even from like an emotional or a stress perspective. And, you know, you see that on paper, you know, how things look and how many months that you can, you know, withstand with a job loss, it can help some of the anxiety and stress that goes on or happens when you do lose a job. Step two in the exercise is you want to set up an order of depletion of these reserves that you you use in the first step. So it may be something like, a you know, you have your, all right, we're going to use our checking account or savings account first. Then we have an investment account. You may have a home equity line there. You may be able to take a, a loan on a 401k for the spouse that is still working. And, you know, we'll talk shortly about some other options that you have to or some other assets that you may have that you can use. But now you want to start looking at, okay, this is the, we're starting to build this plan of this is how we're going to either plan in case we lose a job in the future or plan now that we've lost our job. This is how we're going to, you know, make sure we stay on our feet until we get another job. 
you know, I did mention about the 401k loan. One thing to note about it is if you lost your job and you do have a 401k loan out already, you have to check your options. You know, you can take the loan as a distribution, but then you may owe taxes and a 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half. Paying back that loan, it can vary plan by plan, although most loans must be paid back by the due date of your tax return for the year that you left your employer. You know, some other things to consider if, if you are at least 55 years old, you may be eligible to begin distributions without incurring a penalty. So a lot of people think that magic number is 59 and a half, but there are some options if you are 55 or older to explore. You know, some other of these reserves that I'm talking about is, you know, if you may have cash built up in a life insurance policy that you could borrow against or, or utilize by taking a distribution from. If you have a Roth IRA, you may be able to pull out your contributions tax and penalty free. So unlike a traditional IRA, where you have to be 59 and a half to take the funds out with the Roth, you've already paid taxes on the, your contributions into it. And therefore you have more access to those. This is for anything, not just a job loss. Um, should you need them or want to use them? Just remember with the Roth, any gains in the account would have to stay there until you're 59 and a half, or you'd have that tax and, and 10% penalty on them. You may have stock options in the company that you just left. If there are unvested stock options, you want to review your equity plan documents. It's a good chance that you may likely forfeit some or all of those options. What you want to do is you want to look for the vesting schedule to understand what will vest next. And then, you know, maybe it's possible to coordinate your departure with that schedule. If they are vested, you want to review your post-termination exercise periods. They're usually about three months from your last day of employment, but you have to check because in some cases you do have to exercise the options before you actually leave the company. If you were terminated for a cause, your vested stock options may be canceled. And then the other thing is too, is if the options, or even if it's company stock, that it was owned in a private company, you may have to consider the shares being illiquid and there may be any like clawback or repurchase rights to them. So the summary of this is just check what your options are, what you're entitled to, and come up with the best plan of approach from, from there. If you have any deferred compensation, again, you want to review the plan documents to understand the distribution schedule and then, you know, any distribution options that you have. Usually your distribution options are either yearly, where you, you have your deferred comp paid out yearly, or in a lump sum. You know, as we're talking about these reserves at the bottom of the list is probably going to be used, you know, using your credit cards. Um, you know, it's usually a last resort that you want to do, but if it is the only option that you have, then that's what you do. It's just, you know, interest rates are probably the highest on these. Instead of credit cards, one option to explore is like a home equity line or an asset line. The home equity line is probably something you want to do before you lose your job, even if you don't have any plans of using it. And the reason why is just because it's hard to get a home equity line or asset line if you don't have a job. The banks don't look at you uh, favorably in terms of lending, even if the house is collateral for it. So it usually makes sense to take out that home equity line or the asset line of credit while you're still employed, even if you don't need it. And the way a home equity line works, it basically works as a credit card with your house as the collateral. So if you don't use the home equity line, you don't have to pay any interest on it. If you do use it, you know you would pay interest on the amount that you use, not on the total amount of the line. And like a credit card, you keep paying the interest until you pay the balance off. Your house is collateral. So obviously you want to have a plan for how you use it and, and you want to make sure that you can actually pay it back. An asset line of credit, it's similar to the HELOC in that it sort of operates as a credit card with lower, usually lower interest rates. But it, what it, the way it is, is it's an asset, usually not your house, that 
is used as collateral. So the most common type we see is if you have an investment brokerage account, banks will lend the stocks or whatever securities you have in the account as collateral. It could be some rental real estate properties or the asset or basically anything that you know the bank wants to lend against or that you have and the bank wants to lend against. So a couple other areas to consider are taxes. So if you think that you know with your job loss, you're going to be in a low income year, you may want to look at Roth conversions. Um, it will do, so it'll depend on what tax bracket you'll expect, you expect to be in, how much you have left in that bracket before bumping up to the next bracket. And do you have the cash available to pay the tax on the conversion? So I know this is kind of counterintuitive. We're, we're saying, okay, you want to look at Roth conversions in the year that you have a job loss where income may be tighter, but you need to have cash available, you know, to pay the tax on the conversion. So it obviously depends on your situation, whether it makes sense to do this or not. Also, if it is a low-income year, you may be able to make correct, uh, contributions directly into a Roth, or now you may not be phased out at making those traditional IRA contributions. So again, we're saying low-income year, no job, but save money into you know a Roth or a traditional. So I know it kind of seems strange to kind of go that way when there's a job loss and things are tight, but it's just something to consider. So next, I want to talk a little bit about health insurance considerations. So if you expect to lose your health insurance soon, let's let's say this is in the case where you either are still employed or you're on one of the health insurance options post-termination, you want to consider making sure that you're up to date on any medical, dental exams, any medical procedures before your health insurance ends. Obviously, it's pretty straightforward, but a lot of people forget to do this before they lose coverage just because there's so many other things going on. Now, if you will need health insurance. If you've worked for a company with 20 or more employees, you're probably eligible for a COBRA, which will allow you to stay on your employer's health plan for 18 months. Typically, it's just now you're paying both sides. So probably the employer was paying a portion of your your health insurance. Now you can stay still stay in that same plan, but you're just going to be responsible for paying the full premium on it. You usually will have an election period of 60 days to decide. Um, if you were terminated involuntarily, you may be eligible for premium subsidy. So it's definitely something that you want to do check. If you're married and your spouse has a plan through their employer, you may be able to join that plan. You also may be eligible for insurance on the health insurance marketplace. Um, so again, it's another 60 days that you have after you lose your job to enroll. That's according to these special enrollment period rules. So job loss is considered a special enrollment period. If you're age 65 or over, you may be eligible to sign up for Medicare if you haven't already done so. The special enrollment period for parts A and B, it's an eight-month window beginning the month after the earlier of the end of your employment or the time of your employer-provided health insurance ends. So the last two things I wanted to cover, they're, they're really relevant anytime, but especially when you lose a job. So the first is budgeting. Now, the word budget has become taboo in the financial industry, so we'll refer to it as a spending plan. And basically, you want to know where your money is going, and is it going to the things that are important to you or to the things that you consider the right the right places? Now, some people are in tune with where their money is going at all times. Some people have no clue. If you lose your job, it's definitely a good time to figure out where your money is going and then answer, obviously answer that question. Is it going to the right thing, you know, to the right places or the things that are important to you? I was reading recently a study that said one of the best ways to become a millionaire or to grow your wealth is to have a crystal clear understanding of where your money's going. One of the things they suggested was just do a monthly review of where your money's going and again, answering that question, is it going to the, to the right place? So the second thing um, to focus on is your network. You know, a lot of people are reluctant to network, 
but here are some facts that should provide some motivation to do it. According to HubSpot, 85% of jobs are filled through networking. And then according to a CNBC article, 70% of jobs are never published publicly. They're either posted internally or they're created specifically for candidates that either the hiring manager or recruiters met through networking. And then according to LinkedIn, 70% of professionals hired in 2016 had a connection at the company they were hired at. And 80% of professionals consider networking vital to their career success. So networking, it's definitely something that you want to build your network, whether you have a job or don't have a job. But here are some tips about reaching out to your network after a job loss. Some people will send out this mass email or just update their LinkedIn status. But if you can let the you know people know personally about your recent job loss, it's probably better than just sending out that mass email or just updating your status. So start reaching out to people in your network that you're closest with. Let them know you have some news. Ask them if they'll be available to chat. Just let them know you've lost your job. You're looking for something now, even if they aren't hiring for a role. Um, you know, one of the good things about it is once they know you're looking, they may start noticing job opportunity openings within their own networks. You want to remember networking, it's a two-way street. So while you're talking to them or while you're on a call with them, just make sure you ask about how they're doing um, and truly be interested in them. It's about giving and not just receiving. So in closing, losing your job can leave you feeling hopeless, stressed out, unsure what to do next. When this misfortune strikes, it may be a good time to hire a professional to help get those finances in order and limit any lasting damage. There's just a lot of things going on. And even though you probably have more time now to focus on some of these, just making sure you're doing the right thing uh, with your finances professionally can, can help. So financial professional can guide you through that period of unemployment. Our job, it's as a financial advisor, it's a way future filled with unknowns. A lot of times it's not just job loss that someone has going on. There may be other things and you want to kind of put them all in context or, or just see how a decision that you make in one area impacts something else, you know, financially that you have going on in another area. So if you'd like, we offer a complimentary consultation with our advisors, which you can do at bowdisfinancial.com backslash call, or you can click the link in the show notes. And thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, don't forget to follow the Agent of Wealth on the platform you listen to and leave us a review on the show. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.